0: Welcome to Talking Shop, the podcast all about Adobe Photoshop. Brought to you by learningphotoshop.cc Here's your host, Dave Cross. It's episode 41 of the Talking Shop podcast. On this episode, my guest Sebastian Michaels and I discuss conceptual Photoshop fine art projects and more. Welcome back, if you're a frequent listener to the Talking Shop podcast, all about Photoshop. If this is your first time, if you just happened upon this podcast, my name's Dave Cross, and I've been teaching people Photoshop since 1990, enjoying every minute of it. And I decided to start this podcast to chat about all things Photoshop. Now, let me tell you, if you've ever... Been interested in fine art Photoshop type projects? This is the episode for you because my special guest is Sebastian Michaels, who instructs over 30,000 students worldwide on crafting works of creative artistry in Photoshop. He's also the publisher of the monthly magazine Living the Photo Artistic Life. You can find out more information and dive into the world of Photoshop artistry or simply get inspired by exploring over 6,000 pages of published artwork at www.myphotoartisticlife.com. I love some of the ideas that Sebastian has to share of ways we can do really interesting conceptual projects in Photoshop that take it way beyond just simply working with layers and masks. Here's my chat with Sebastian. All right. Well, I'm here with Sebastian Michaels, who very graciously decided to join us so we could talk about some of the things he's up to. And one of the things that intrigues me the most, Sebastian, with the stuff you do is that there's a lot of people out there teaching Photoshop. But one of the things that I found from the very first time that I saw your work and and worked with you was the focus on kind of the fine art artistic side not just the you know retouching photos but sort of the artistic side of things so what was it that led you to that interest in not only teaching it but kind of pursuing that side of photoshop
1: well, I think it all started back when I was doing wedding photography and when I was doing portrait photography. And they sort of merged together because it ended up being a lot of portraits from wedding couples. And then that led to doing some private commission work. And really it was about separating my work from what everybody else was doing, honestly. At the time, you could go just about anywhere and have a great wedding portrait done, at least where I was located. It was just a very common skill at that point. It was becoming commoditized. And so it was really about coming up with ideas to bring my work to a new place where I could get an I could get a wow. I could get some kind of reaction from the client that they wouldn't normally get just from an average retouched photo. Even if it was a really well done photo, it's a whole different thing when you turn it into a work of art. So that's really where it started. And then not long after that, one of my best friends, Phil Steele, was doing some portrait photography courses, and we just got to talking, and I asked him, I said, "You know, do you think people would be interested in the artistic stuff that I do? And it, we laugh about it today because we thought, well, maybe, who knows? So we decided <laughs> to put it out there in the world and see what happened, and in the first week, thousands and thousands of people jumped in.
0: Yeah, that's fantastic, and, and from what I can tell, thousands of people continue to be interested in that kind of thing.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's become really much larger than we ever expected.
0: Well, that's fantastic. Now, one of the things that you also know that there's a bunch of things I want to talk to you about, but one of them is that the fact that a lot of how should I say this? A lot of people, in my opinion, they teach courses, but it's kind of like take my course and whatever you do with it, so be it. But it's almost like one of your to me, my perception is your interest is in actually showcasing what your students produce because you have like a magazine and other places where it's not just here you go you know here's a course but let's work together to to see what people are doing
1: Oh absolutely and that was very much by design very early on I really was never attracted to being the guru or to being the sort of instructor who would want to just champion one specific style and try to create a whole bunch of clones of myself out there I really wanted to put the tools of artistry in my students hands and see what they could do with them and see how far they could carry it and it's been amazing to see what they've done with it and very early on then we decided me and my staff my team came together and we had a meeting and we said what can we do to really get them involved not just in going through my tutorials but in actually using this material to create artwork that they're excited about, that they're proud of, that they can do things with, that they can get framed, they can put in galleries, they can publish. And that's when we came up with the idea of having our own magazine that we would release every month, having a portfolio site they could represent their work on, and in these all these various private Facebook groups they could associate with each other and hang out with each other. in, And so it all became about them. And so I've really made a concerted effort to try to make really everything about my students, every image on my blog, every. image on our Facebook group, every image on the main Facebook page, all of these things are, and every image on Instagram as well, it's all student work because I'm really trying to get their work out there into the world, not my work.
0: So over time, I know I've seen some of the images that your students create that I find just stunning. Like how often do you kind of sit back and just go have a wow moment where you go, that's pretty amazing that this is something that's created from someone that got to this point, at least in part, because of the training you provided.
1: every single day literally every day and every month we have hundreds and hundreds of images that are being sent in for our magazine and just going through those every month is humbling because we have artists all over the world we have thousands and thousands of artists all over the world 93 different countries and they're all producing artwork they're all finding their own way which again was very much by design early on to try to put a lot of ideas out there a lot of techniques a lot of approaches and let them pick and choose and find their own voice and as a result Every month, literally, we get well. Heck, like I said, every day we get images that are being posted in our private groups that are dazzling, and I'm floored. I'm just knocked flat. I'm, how did they do that? I taught them all those techniques, but look what they did with it. So it's it's really amazing.
0: That is that is amazing. I I, I I'm jealous of you in that in that regard because the majority of things that I teach are kind of what I would call the core technologies and techniques that you need to know to start to get good at Photoshop. And occasionally someone will send me an image. And I'm like, oh, that's a great composite, you know, of a person standing against a brick wall. <laughs> but it's not yeah. like the same level of now, it must be challenging sometimes even pick that when you get that many submissions to to choose the ones that that go in to the magazine and the websites.
1: Oh, absolutely. And in fact, it got to where we really couldn't accommodate them all. And the students took it upon themselves. And this was flattering too. And just again, humbling. All of our students in Australia, New Zealand actually put out their own magazine every month now. And all of our students in Europe and the UK put out their own magazine every month now. And then we have our magazine. So literally we have three separate magazines being published every month, filled with hundreds of pages of artwork. And my magazine is, gosh, we're approaching, I think it's almost 60,000 pages of art or something like that. (laughs) It's something insane. So no, I take that back. It's like 6,000 pages of art, but, uh, but it's, it's, that's a lot of art and the, uh, but yeah, there's so much of it. And of course you have to be selective and there's some work that's you know, you can tell it's it's on the edge. And I'll sometimes, you know, consult with those artists where I feel like their work is so close. And I'll reach out to them and say, okay, these three images, and we'll talk about them for a little while. And sure enough, then the next issue, their submissions are at a whole other level. And we've just seen that happen again and again. And it's been amazing. But yeah, there's nice. it's a lot of art to go through.
0: So give the, our listeners a bit of a taste. I've, I've always suggested or advocated for people to, to not look at Photoshop as kind of a, I'll fix it later tool, but to to look at the combination of your camera and Photoshop as this creative possibility. G- give us an idea of the kind of things that, that would be, your students would be learning in your classes.
1: Well, it's interesting you mentioned that because Just recently, I feel we've come full circle, meaning when I first started teaching Photoshop Artistry, it was really about going out into the world with your camera and finding moments anywhere you could find them. There's art everywhere there's something creative around every corner and so it was learning to identify those things capture them in the right way take them back into Photoshop and give them an artistic treatment to turn the ordinary into the extraordinary so that was really where it started after that though over the years that followed it very much evolved and it became more and more about taking multiple photos from different things you know a model photo here a setting there this element here this element there and selecting them cutting them out and that's actually i had you do that course for me at that point that selections course which is amazing and everybody loves it and that enabled people to cut things out of anywhere they happen to take a photo and then bring them together in Photoshop and composite them and create a piece of art that never existed anywhere on the face of earth. So it was something totally out of their imagination and then give that an artistic treatment. Mm. So that became sort of the big, large middle stage of the world of Photoshop artistry and is still by far the portion of Photoshop artistry that is most represented in our magazine. But then, like I said, we've come full circle because just recently I partnered with Brooke Shaden, an incredible incredibly talented photo artist, and she and I work together to create a new course, Conceptual Fine Art Photo Artistry, which goes back to the camera as the originating instrument for creating something artistic, but in this sense, not so much just walking through your day-to-day life and finding things that you can then take back and make art out of, but in the sense of coming up with an idea or exploring a theme very deliberately ahead of time, planning out a photo shoot, orchestrating it, bringing a model or props or a location, all the different things together, setting up your camera on a tripod and capturing multiple images in that setting so that then you can take those back to Photoshop and composite the exact image you intended to capture using images captured on set so to speak on location so that you preserve all of the depth of field of your photos you preserve the natural blur you preserve the the lens effect depending on whatever lens you're using all of those natural things that are inherent in your original setting and including the lighting and everything all then go back to you in Photoshop and you work with those to then composite everything together rather than just pulling elements out of the ether so to speak or grabbing stock images or whatever you have And have on your hard drive, and then using those to fabricate a setting, you've been much more intentional about creating a work of art that's meaningful. I think that's really. Again, I feel that's come full circle. It's come back to the camera where so much attention is being given to the original photos you captured, but you're doing it intentionally. It's not just a chance moment. You've thought up an idea. You've gone through a theme. You've explored those ideas. You've figured out what else can I bring to this to turn it into something that I've envisioned, something that I was journaling about over the past week. And I think that's what's exciting about it now. So it's very much more about the camera and then, of course, all the Photoshop techniques that you use to then and turn that into a work of art. That's obviously a big piece of it.
0: So, a couple things. First of all, for anyone listening who hasn't seen Brooke Shaden's work, pause listening right now and go and look because her stuff is has always been amazing and she is one of the most generous educators out there in terms of what she shares follow her on Instagram and she'll do like a a whole series of Instagram stories where she's you're literally there with her while she's showing I don't know how this is going to work but I'm going to pour maple syrup over my head and uh, you know like just (laughs) goes down this path and goes let's see what happens and then spends an awful lot of time in Photoshop pulling everything together so that's that's just sort of a comment that definitely go and check out Brooke Shaden but one of the things that I've always felt strongly about and I'm I'm so happy to hear that that's such a focus of what you're doing is that idea of I've always said to people that in many situations I'm looking as I'm looking through my camera I'm imagining well that would be a layer and this would be a layer and I could do that in overlay modes I'm almost kind of thinking like photoshop as I'm taking the photos not just going hmm i wonder if i have a photo of a bird (laughs) you know which is another approach it's like looking at it from once you understand the structure of how a good photoshop document works with layers and mass you can start i think picturing what it's going to look like so therefore if i take a slightly different angle or maybe two different angles of this same item that's going to give me more opportunities and i think that's something that takes some time to develop but that sounds like the kind of thing that you're trying to get your students to do as well
1: Exactly. And there's also the inherent ease of the natural versimilitude of capturing something in camera on set. For example, if you were going to have a model, and let's say it's your grandchild, and you're going to have your grandchild covered in flour with a bunch of feathers and stuff all over top of him, like he's reaching up into a box and he's tipping it all over his head. Actually capturing that photo live Setting it up staging the entire thing setting your camera up on a tripod framing the scene exactly the way you want it with exactly the lens You want it and exactly the settings you want and then capturing all those feathers actually on your your Grandkids head and the flower all over and whatever else you did just to make it an interesting image capturing that in camera Taking it into Photoshop and editing it is a breeze compared to just taking a picture of your grandkid and then trying to figure out a way to Photoshop feathers Mm -hmm. naturally so that they looked real, that they preserved the inherent, you know, positioning and angles and (laughs) uh, range of focus and all the different things are going to be involved that would naturally come through if you just took a photo of it versus if you tried to do it in Photoshop later. There are so many things that you could pull off in Photoshop, but you're talking 10, 15 hours of manipulation of dozens and dozens of layers that you could have captured with one click of the shutter if you just thought it out ahead of time.
0: Yeah, no, that that makes perfect sense. It kind of reminds me of a, a situation of a number of years ago where someone asked me, They said, I've been really struggling to try to figure out a way to simulate a torn paper effect in Photoshop. And I was kind of like, how can I politely say to him, or take a photograph of some torn paper
1: (laughs) you know it's like i mean exactly i
0: i I understand what you're coming from but at a certain point (laughs) it's kind of like you know all these things are available to us different when we didn't have digital cameras so any photo was a much bigger production but the fact that you can do all these things now is like why why not take full advantage of of that kind of thing is like think about not just could I do this in Photoshop, but how can I save myself time by capturing it in camera? That just makes so much so much sense to me.
1: Exactly. And, and here's a perfect example of that. I had this idea and this is actually going to be a photo shoot I've got planned this month. It's going to be part of one of the bonuses in the course. And. This photo shoot, the idea just came to me as a ready-made image in my mind. And then working backwards, I just had to figure out how would I pull that off in camera as much as possible. And the idea was this. I wanted to explore the theme of childhood heroism, childhood bravery and courage and adventure and excitement. What it's like to be a little kid with a fake sword and a spy glass and a a made-up pirate hat and all those things, right? And so I've I've got the perfect model for this great little actress and she's a local actor here in Asheville. And so we're going to get her decked out in that outfit and have her stepping up over top of this rock that's over on a hill near my house. I've I've already spied the whole thing out and I've picked out the angle and having her posing as if she's coming up over this rock, holding up her sword and she's got her spyglass and maybe a map in the other hand. That was the start of it. And then I said, okay, well, that's the main shot. What else could we do here that would be? Natural in the sense that I could capture it in camera, but with multiple exposures that I could then mask together. Because I think that's the key here with this particular shoot. It's about setting the camera up on a tripod, getting everything set, and then capturing a series of exposures that you can then bring together in Photoshop as separate layers and mask them together. And the idea was, what if she was being accompanied by a pack of four or five dogs and three or four cats? They're all (laughs) running over the hill too and jumping off the rock while trying to orchestrate three or four cats and four or five dogs and a little girl (laughs) all at the same time would be rather difficult. But capturing the one key image of her, then getting her out of the set and just turning one dog loose and sending it down the hill. And when it jumps Mm -hmm. off the rock, capture that photo, turn a cat loose, capture that photo, and then just mask in the simple animals, that natural verisimilitude that's going to come through by having the animals actually there on set coming through the leaves with the natural light falling on them, the natural natural shadows they would throw, yeah. the natural movement they would have it captured at that shutter speed, trying to pull that off just in Photoshop with a bunch of random dog and cat photos would be incredibly difficult and it would never look quite as real. So that's just an idea. Sure. So that gives you it's kind of what I'm going for here.
0: And that's, uh, that's another example, of the kind of thing where how often do we get questions from people saying, I'm trying to do a composite. And I'm having a heck of a time matching all the lighting. Yeah. Well, in this case, you wouldn't have a heck of a time because it would be the same lighting because it was all done at the same time.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. And not only the same lighting, but the same angle and the same focal length. The focal Mm -hmm. length is really key here, too, because if you set your let's say your f-stop is 3.5 and you focus in on that girl on the rock. Well, everything is going to fall out of focus as it gets further away from her and fall out of focus as it gets closer to the camera. You would capture that naturally just by doing a shoot like this. And then, of course, again, you would then take everything, composite it all together in Photoshop, and then bring all of your artistic skills to the fore to turn it into a beautiful, illustrative work of art that feels unified. So there is that, but the original images make the subsequent steps infinitely easier.
0: For sure. All right, we're going to continue this chat about many things, including this idea of working backwards. But first, it's time for the tip of the week. Sebastian just talked about how he would take multiple photos on a tripod. Well, this week's tip is how to automate that process of bringing in all those images into Photoshop so it's easy to mask them. So you've got two choices. In Bridge, you can select all the images and use a command called load files into Photoshop layers. Or from within Photoshop, use a script called load files into stack. And both ways will create a document with all your images on layers ready to be masked together. With short tutorials, in-depth multi-lesson courses, and live Q&A sessions, learningphotoshop.cc provides the Photoshop training you need to succeed. All right, we're back with Sebastian Michaels. And just before our tip of the week, one of the things that you mentioned was this whole idea. In fact, I think you even said the words, I had this image in my head, and then I kind of worked backwards from there. And I think that's such a key point is that any kind of project, having at least... A solid vision. It might not even your final product might not even look like that. But having kind of an idea of the overall look and then kind of planning back from that, as you described, how you kind of broke that shoot down into pieces, thinking, how can I make my life easier in Photoshop and make everything look more natural? I think that's such a key point in this kind of when you're undertaking projects like this.
1: And not only that, I think there's the other side of that is you can then become more ambitious, with your projects. I think one of the things that makes photography a little boring anymore, just straight photography, is that it's all been done. You can naturally just feel it's been done. And it might be done a little better, a little worse, but it's a lot of the same stuff anymore. Whereas if you go into a creative shoot with a, idea that you've put together that's thematically unified in some way and you've thought of Things you could bring together into that photo shoot to make it more interesting make it more compelling make it more visually arresting You can then craft that scene in such a way that the end result is an image that will stop people in their tracks I think that's a key difference because what we're not talking about here is just taking a model having her pose next to a tree and look pretty And capturing that as a photo. Because as pretty as that is, it's just a photo of a pretty model standing next to a tree. And it's very easy just to keep flipping, keep scrolling, and go to the next image. However, if you come up with a creative idea, something that's going to capture our interest, something that's going to immediately make us think or make us feel something, even if we don't fully understand it, it's going to make us think. And I think that was one of the things that first grabbed me about Brooke Shaden's work is using very simple themes and very simple ideas and actually very simple photo shoots. She brags that she can pull off an entire photo shoot on a budget of under $10 in under a half an hour. And we see that in her training again and again, where she goes through everything she did and you're like, okay, yeah, wow, that's actually doable, but it's well thought out. It has an idea behind it so that as a viewer, you're stopped in your tracks when you see images like this because there's an inherent amount of work and effort that had to go into pulling it off. And you can't help but see that as a viewer
0: right and i think it's it's well two things first of all definitely something that stopped you in your tracks but i love images that have uh, not layers in the sense of photoshop layers but visual layers where the more you look at it you go oh i would even notice that exactly and it's something that that entices you because it's not like oh that's a that's a very attractive girl uh and well well lit uh, against a tree exactly you know next exactly but it's more look at how oh like is that a rabbit down in the bottom corner you know (laughs) whatever it is something that and that's what i love about a lot of the work that i see from your students is there's there is a lot of that where the more you look at it you notice things and you and especially i find i appreciate even more their their artistry and their knowledge as a uh, or skill as a photoshop artist to to add those elements that make you kind of go wow that's oh i didn't notice that and that's interesting and it makes me spend more time with the image which i think is also an important part as an artist is to have that feeling that you're grabbing someone's attention for a period of time, not just a, oh, that's nice.
1: Exactly, and possibly even holding their attention for longer than it took for them to even admire the image, something that will remain with them, something they'll remember. So that's very important.
0: And I think going back to when you were kind of introducing how you got to this point that you talked about being a photographer and you were trying to do something to distinguish yourself to to separate your work from other people's and i think you know we're not just talking about this as someone who's going to become a a brooke shaden who's going to have artists or artwork in galleries but also if you are a portrait photographer think about you know thematic photo shoots with families to there's something that's different that you know makes your work stand out from the other people in your same field.
1: And not just portrait work or wedding work or private work for a gallery or any of that, there's the whole world of commercial photo artistry out there, which is gigantic. Imagine going in and talking to your favorite coffee shop owner and you look at their website and it's a bunch of stock photos. What if you could come in and create unique works of art to take the place of the images on their website? They could take the place of the images they're posting to their Facebook page and onto Instagram. If you could create superior images that are interesting and thematically tied to things that are important to that particular coffee shop and create framed prints for them to display in the coffee shop. There's so many different things you could do with your artistry and with your photography If you can stand out, you have to be different nowadays because the realm of stock photography is so vast and so enormously impressive that you can't compete with stock photography just as a standard photo. I mean, you could, you could try, but if they can go out and just pick up some stock photography for a few dollars, why would they go and hire you as a photographer for a few thousand dollars to come in and spend a day with them? Maybe a little, maybe some headshots, I don't know. Um, But if you can come in and you have an artistic vision, a creative vision for the kind of work you could create for a particular local business, or of some nonprofit you love and admire, or a local theater group that you wanna support, any of these things, you can bring a lot of creative ideas to the table and capture them in ways that will immediately capture their attention and, more importantly, capture the attention of their visitors and their customers.
0: Nice. Yeah, That makes a lot of sense. Now, if someone was intrigued enough by what we've been talking about to say, I want to kind of dip my toe into the world, say they're someone who typically just does take the the nice senior photos, uh, you know, for for their local high school students, if they wanted to kind of tip, dip their toe into the world of, I want to get a little more, shall we call it artistic for a global term, what would you suggest would be a, a simple way for them to kind of get into that?
1: Well, I think the easiest thing would be Well, first off, go to myphotoartisticlife.com and just check out the work there. Go to the magazine tab and go through the last 50 or more issues of our magazine and just have fun seeing what can be done. I think just realizing what's possible radically opens your range of creative capabilities because until you even knew it was possible— you just didn't even it didn't even occur to you It there was the range of possibilities out there that you can explore as a photo artist is so enormous and so inspired and so inspiring that if you just. Dive into that and just admire some artwork done by other photo artists around the world It's gonna make you want to elevate your game It's gonna make you want to acquire some new techniques and new approaches and it's gonna get you out there Working harder at your craft in new ways It's very easy just to keep doing the same stuff You've been doing for the last year taking the same kinds of photos in the same kind of way You've been taking those photos and editing them with the exact same techniques and the same presets you've been using for the last year and All of your stuff ends up looking about the same It's always looked. So just diving into our magazine at myphotoartisticlife.com. Up at the top, you'll see magazine. It's free. You can just go in and look through the issues. Just exposing yourself to what's possible, I think, is the first step.
0: I think that's great advice. And I I was almost feeling like I want to say amen during that (laughs) because it it does make such good sense. And I think the other thing I'd want to remind people is something that, that you said in reference to Brooke is the fact that you see her finished product and somehow if you didn't know you'd think that was probably a production with four assistants and hundreds and hundreds of dollars and most of the time it's her with a tripod and a self-timer or a a remote control so it doesn't need to be a huge production you could find like a an old-fashioned frame in the the goodwill store for twenty dollars and use that as the starting point of something that looks amazing
1: exactly and i think the other thing that I think some people who see Brooke's work that are a little intimidated by it, it's about her capturing self-portraiture. A lot of her work is self-portraits and they're afraid to get in front of the camera themselves or maybe they involve models and they're afraid to work with models. So in our training together, I actually really went out of my way to really explore the parallel idea Of not necessarily working with people but working with unexpected objects in unexpected contexts and coming up with ideas based on those just to make something again that's captivating that pulls us in that grabs our attention in some way and makes us think but it doesn't necessarily even have to involve a model it doesn't have to involve you know the neighbor kid or your sister-in-law or or an actual model you find on model mayhem or any of that it can just involve some interesting objects but it's all about the thought process and then how you capture that image and what you do with it in Photoshop, you can elevate so many things to amazing works of art just with the correct approach. It's all about the approach.
0: Yeah, definitely the approach. And I think the changing your mindset to, to think that there is more to to a photograph, and I'm going to call it that, even though some people would argue that it's not a photograph anymore after Photoshop, but something that's photographic artwork, there's more to it than just camera settings and uh, layer masks. It's a lot of that creative thought process and opening yourself up to experimentation and, and possibilities.
1: Exactly. And that's really what we focus on the most. It's funny. We have people ask periodically, you know, does this old version of Photoshop, will, will that be enough for me to go through this training? Or what if all I have is elements? And it, I want to laugh because the key tools you're using to create artistic works are all the basic stuff it's nothing Mm -hmm. really advanced it's fun to know the 16 gazillion things you can do with photoshop and the 12 different ways you can do each thing it's fun to know that stuff you can geek out on that but as an artist you just don't need all that you need layers and layer masks you need adjustment layers you need to have some idea of how some of the key tools work how brushes work how to use custom brushes just a few simple things, but when you have those in your toolkit, so to speak, if those are your arsenal, you can then create a wealth of artwork. Then it's all about the idea. Then it's all about the creativity and the inspiration you can bring to what it is you're creating, not about the tool itself, not about Photoshop anymore. And I think that's an easy thing to get lost in. I think people get lost in the settings on their cameras. They get lost in the thousands of things you can do in Photoshop rather than approaching it as an artist artist and saying, well, this is all I really need. And that's one of the things that really struck me about Brooke. When we were creating this course and she and I were talking and I was going through her process with her. I was astonished at just how simple it was. Again, mm-hmm. very simple photo shoots, very simple settings, very simple Photoshop editing. It's all about the ideas and a few key elements of her approach. Those few things, is that's all she needs. And she's created an incredible body of work, a world-class body of work that's on display all over the world. Yeah. So just amazing to see what can be done with so little if you use a few things the right way. And you approach it as an artist, not as just a geek with a gazillion tools at your dispense.
0: So my favorite, uh, experience remembering Brooke Shaden was, uh, uh, Adobe had her as a keynote speaker at Photoshop world a few years ago. And for people who don't, don't know, Brooke, she's about four foot, nothing, you know, very <laughs> tiny. Uh, she's, I don't know, she's about 30, but has a soul of like a a sixty-year-old, I think, but anyway, she came out onto this giant stage and looked like this tiny little person there. And her very first slide was just a back, a black slide with white text that said, "I use the eraser. I'm not afraid to admit it, because <laughs> everyone always talks about <laughs> you should <laughs> use masks." She's just like, you know what? That's just the way I've done it and I'm sure there are better ways but the bottom line is this is what I create and I'd be the first one to say oh but Brooke you could use a layer mask because that's the Photoshop educator in me but then I have to take a step back and go yeah but if you can create work like that then who am I to say don't use the eraser but you know that's just me with my tendency to be say be as non-destructive as possible but At the same time, she takes it to a whole creative level with what she is able to do.
1: Well, I can put you a little at ease there. She has evolved her process. Now it's all layer masks, no eraser tool anymore. So just so you know. (laughs) Okay, I feel better now. That has definitely changed, but (laughs) it has only changed over the last year or so, I think. So, But she's very much, she's not doing anything much more sophisticated than that, though, but she is very much working with layer masks now. And she actually employed several very cool ways of using layer masks that I didn't really give much emphasis to in my training. It was something I just sort of glossed over and mentioned in my training. And I realized, wow, that's actually central to how she works. And then going back and re-exploring some of those techniques, I'm realizing, wow, they're, that's actually stronger than I had first thought. You know, that use of that particular tool for this and then this particular tool for that, yeah, that actually works really well as an artistic tool that doesn't get in your way. It it doesn't slow up your process. It's very intuitive. So yeah, she's definitely refined her process over the years and layer masks are definitely part of that now.
0: So if someone (laughs) wants to get more information on the course that you're doing with Brooke, where's the best place to get that information?
1: Um, They can find it on myphotoartisticlife.com. It's under the the store section. You'll see it in there. Um, Or you can just go to myphotoartisticlife.com slash Conceptual, because it's all about conceptual fine art photo artistry. It's not about creating just works again that just look like they're works of fine art, but works that have ideas behind them, concepts, and themes that you then amplify through how you capture the image what you bring into the image and how you edit the image so that again you reach a point where somebody is stopped in their tracks when they see it and whether they fully understand it or not they clearly understand that a this took some effort to do this wasn't just a snapshot and B there's something going on in here that I am meant to find There's something in here that she was thinking about, or that the artist, whoever the artist was, was thinking about, and they're trying to convey this to me. And it's worth finding. It's worth exploring. And that depth that they bring to the work, that's the conceptual level that I think is so inherent in all of this really, really amazing artwork that we're seeing. And that's at the core of this new training that I've been doing.
0: Awesome. Well, Sebastian, thank you so much. This to me was really inspirational stuff because it opens up such an interesting world of possibilities that I'm sure many people either haven't considered or thought it was going to take too much effort. And I think you've helped really identify the fact that it doesn't necessarily have to take a lot of budget or equipment or even a, the delays version of photoshop to explore this kind of artwork
1: well thanks it was great to be able to hang out with you on this podcast
0: well i don't know about you but i am inspired to try and come up with some concept and do a photo shoot with photoshop in mind because so i think that's a really interesting premise to not just shoot individual photos, but do everything with an end result and a concept in mind. By the way, you heard Sebastian refer to his website, myphotoartisticlife.com. He let me know later it does work best if you put the www in front of the myphotoartisticlife.com. Now, just an added note, in this episode, for the first time, you heard the appearance of Riley who's our office studio dog who usually is very quiet, but today he decided to make some noise. So you heard him a little bit in the background and probably won't be the last time. I'd like to thank Sebastian for joining me and I'd like to thank you for taking the time to listen. As always, I'll remind you that if you haven't done so already, it would be a great help to me if you would go and leave a review or forward this podcast to someone that you know who uses Photoshop. I'm Dave Cross. See you next time. Please subscribe and tell your Photoshop using friends. Find us at talkingshop.show. This podcast is not authorized, endorsed, or sponsored by Adobe, publisher of Photoshop.